Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new Record Club episode of the Jams and Tea Podcast, where we spin the jams and spill the tea, and each week, one of us recommends a record for everybody to listen to, and we fucking talk about it. And this week, we're going to be talking about Morgan's recommended album. We're going to be talking about Faith No More, Mike Patton's metal band. We have talked about Mike Patton before in the past. We've talked about his project, Mr. Bungle. We've talked about the subtitle. We've talked about California, but... Morgan chose this album because it's it's the anniversary. So <laughs> it's turning 30, I think, in June, to be clear. Um, but yes, Morgan did pick this record. Morgan, why the fuck are we talking about Faith No More's Angel Dust? Why is it an important album? Faith No More, alternative metal, funk metal, giants, uh, the, the thing that brought be the celestial being known as Mike Patton into the spotlight. This is their sort of seminal work, Angel Dust, and it's celebrating its 30th anniversary. And we can't seem to shut the fuck up about Mike Patton on this channel in some capacity. So here we are. Simply an infinitely fun figure to talk about. There's, yeah. I mean, like, he's a gold mine. The cool thing about Mike Patton is that even if you don't get on necessarily with every project he puts out like it always he always does something that will always offer interesting conversation and you always feel like you're getting something different with him even when he's just being Mike Patton um yeah we have talked about the first and third Mr. Bungalow albums before which are incredible and just just wild albums and they represent the kind of uninhabited id of Mike Patton but Faith No More is unarguably uh, a more famous and well-known project. Uh, they were actually at first hit radio success with 1989's uh, The Real Thing, I think, was the record before this, which had you know, huge songs on it, yeah. like Epic, um, and, and really made, I think, Faith No More a fixture in the alternative metal world, an original voice that were definitely like, you know, they were taking to some extent from like hair metal bands and like 80s metal bands to a certain extent aesthetically, but they were also just doing so much different shit. Like they always had, even on that record where Mike Patton did not have a huge creative presence, like he was more, you know, brought on to do a lot of the singing and lyricism and stuff. He wasn't so much a creative force on that record, but the combination of personalities in Faith No More always still made the band stand out, even if they were coming from a tradition of stuff that was not particularly tasteful and has not particularly aged really well all that now faith no more and their music has aged well but it comes very much from a tradition of stuff that has not and that we don't look back on particularly fondly um but what's interesting about angel dust what's momentous about angel dust is it, it's the moment it's the first faith no more record where mike Patton has like a huge primary creative driving force on the songs themselves the writing uh, everything about the record like it's a big moment for faith no more because as i said real thing hugely hugely commercially successful record put faith no more on the radio angel dust is the moment where they kind of skirt away from the commercial appeal of that record's flashiest moments into songs that are a bit weirder, a bit stranger, a bit more esoteric, a bit wilder at certain points. It it's feels like the kind of album that you can only make if you have a lot of money, if you have serious label backing, and if you have total creative freedom. 
in a lot of ways, it's while it's not the most extreme example of a huge band taking a huge budget and making something super fucking weird, because it's not that unapproachable of a record. It still is, you know, an example of what happens when, you know, a band are not boxed into having to produce hits in the same way that a lot of big bands are, where they're given a certain level of freedom and where their weirdness is to a certain level embraced. Uh, it's a very 1992 record to me. It doesn't have a lot of commonality with the big albums of 91 that we've talked about last year, but it represents, I guess, creative freedom and uninhabited like ridiculousness and rock music in ways that do kind of feel like a natural progression of some of the more, you know, cutting edge stuff that we talked about in 91. It's a big expansive and just completely over the top album that is in equal parts fucking exhausting and I'm sure will underpin the fact that this thing is far from perfect but it's also like kind of enamoring like you're in awe of it when you're listening to it and you there's such a a constant presence of creative drive and talent and just like irreverence that it's sort of endearing in a lot of ways um i think and maybe the tone of this discussion would end up being different if this were the first mike Patton project we were reviewing i think for me especially like i've known this album for a while but approaching it for the purposes of a record club and then comparing it to uh things like mr bungle you know that does kind of adjust the way that i approach it which is maybe unfair to a certain extent because it's not the same band but it's an interesting and weird and bizarre album it feels like in some respects it's both overrated and underrated um and i'll try and maybe explain what i mean by that as we start to talk about it a little bit more but what is what does this album mean to you guys how long has it been in your guys life for and and what's your kind of baggage or what's your kind of like thoughts going into it and what's your experience listening to this fucking thing well personally I, it's been in my life for approximately uh, uh, one week um i i've listened to like yeah, the first two song <laughs> oh, okay i listened to like the first two songs a little while ago but i like just got distracted and had to do something else so it just kind of interrupted my listening that had nothing to do with the album itself but i kind of identify with your stance there riley because I feel like the waters are a bit muddied. Like something we established for context with the Mr. Bungle review was that Mike Patton joined and was with Faith No More basically to make Mr. Bungle and get that made. Like that was his passion project. And this was his mainstream project that he was getting onto to sort of earn his keep and be able to, you know, be able to do something that was a bit more risky and just more singular so and i knew that approaching this and you know and we'd also talked about california and then coming back to this it simultaneously acts both against this album's favor and kind of for it in that some of the things that held me at a distance with the mr bungle self-titled album was the fact that that was just so restless and, and ballistic and fucking wild it's an album that where any given five seconds of it sounds entirely different than another given five seconds of it and you're just absolutely plowed constantly with this fucking stream of Mike Patton's instrumental and thematic id which is often 
vulgar, satirical, disgusting, um, intelligent, and all of these different vying things that are sort of battling it out in real time in music to create this hellish carnivalistic thing. And on the one hand, it's an incredibly engaging experience that you're just kind of like, wow, I can't believe something like this exists. And on the other hand, yeah, it's kind of fucking exhausting. You're kind of there at the end of that album. You're just kind of like, all right, I, 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 I can put this away for a while. I'm, I'm done. Glad I sat here. This is really instrumentally proficient, but that's cool. So when I go back to Angel Dust here, and I am still aware of the fact that Angel Dust is sort of like a creative apex for Mike and the other, you know, bandmates at this point. Like it's not something where his voice was supremely stifled, um, where it's just like the more accessible nature of it, comparative accessibility, um, makes me be like, wow, this is so much more approachable and digestible than something like Mr. Bungle or even something like California. Um, it's just much less erratic. And at the same time, it also makes me really appreciate why those albums are the way they are and the way that they work. Because on some level, I almost think that that quality that can be somewhat grating is kind of what makes them quintessentially Mike Patton projects. Um, and I don't want to downplay the uh, involvement of other members of the band. I'm sure that they probably had a, more of a say here than they did in Mr. Bungle, not certain but just the limb I'm gonna go out on but I guess it's that the this album has a very defined set of limitations where on the one hand I really appreciate how different this sounds from a lot of 90s alternative metal which is something that I feel like we have talked about and are fans of uh in like a great capacity but this is something that occupies a really strange place where it's like you know the, the sound of this isn't quite as boundary pushing as something like Deftones Around the Fur, but it's simultaneously way less accessible than something like Metallica's Black Album. But it also doesn't really, you know, it's not quite as progressive as something like Tool or Porcupine Tree, but it's also like no one is fronted by Mike Patton and you could make the argument that, you know, they would benefit from doing so. And another thing that informs my opinion here, weirdly enough, is the Dillinger Escape Plan, a band I thought of multiple times while listening to this. And sure, they're a much heavier band, like way more. But those kind of accessible Greg Pucciato moments where you have, you know, like unretrified and stuff really doesn't sound all that far from here. And you can feel the influence that Mike obviously had on them because he was with the band for a short time. And honestly, it just sort of feels like a template for not only later Mike Patton projects, but people who are inspired by him. So I'm in a weird relationship with this and that like I appreciate its relative accessibility, but I also miss something like California being the polished version of itself that it is. And it kind of means that this album loses a little bit of its luster for me personally, even though I think it's very good. It's weird. It's an album of baggage. I think I like it more than you. I think generally speaking, uh, I find it pretty entertaining from, from front to back. I think it definitely helps that it kicks off with a run of three songs that are just like the peak of this band, Land of Sunshine, Caffeine, and particularly Midlife Crisis, I think. I mean, this is, these are songs that, you know, everyone remembers when, who's heard this album remembers and that stick out in the mind as 
like emblematic. Can I argue that it's four songs because? Well, our RV, like RV, RV is a, RV is a bit more contentious, but it's certainly a song <laughs> on the album Angel Dust by Faith No More. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but and and the album wouldn't be the same without it either. To be clear, like moments like RV and moments like Be Aggressive and moments like fucking Crack Hitler. Like these are the weirdo parts of this record that you know would absolutely fall flat on its face if this wasn't you know Mike Patton's band. And, but but still, like those first three songs, I think are the what lead you in and, and demonstrate how this album is going to be different from the real thing. Uh, I, and I think they do them they do them really well. I mean, it's some of the most compelling music I think that this band has ever laid down. Uh, midlife crisis in particular feels like a kind of quintessential faith no more song yeah. uh it, I was, it's also I was about like to say the uh while jake mentioned it uh mentioned dillinger the the midlife crisis to black bubblegum pipeline is direct yeah yeah actually. oh my god that's yeah. oh god yeah um, and I mean, they're both kind of songs that are about like looking di- uh, with disdain on a person who kind of like relishes the spotlight in certain ways. Yeah. Uh, Midlife Crisis, of course, being Mike Patton's Madonna diss track, um, which is maybe oversimplifying it a little bit, but it's not necessarily a song about disliking Madonna as it is about disliking Madonna's cultural prescience and um, the kind of shallowness that he perceives that to represent. Um the very like uh Mars Volta-esque lyric to me of your menstruating heart ain't bleeding enough for two yeah uh, is like, like it's, it's just one of those one of those little elements of this album that you you'll always take away with you is the way that 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 Mike Patton decides to make that a hook so your heart's doing what <laughs> just I mean yeah it's it's mm. it's it's you know it's a bit sus but whatever we'll we'll let it it's... slide because Mike Patton is is Again, drinking a lot of coffee uh, on probably presumably, <laughs> presumably on some considerable uh, adrenaline boosting sort of stimulant drugs, uh, which he kind of does allude to on this record. I mean, again, caffeine uh, has Banger. the amazing, uh, again, fantastic, fantastic song, especially instrumentally, musically. I want to, because I feel they're, they're at risk of getting under mentioned, and I'm sure fans of the band will probably scold us if we don't. Jim Martin, Billy Gould, Roddy Bottom, amazing name, by the way. I... And um, of course, my favorite member of Faith No More, besides Mike Patton, the fantastic Mike Borden, who is, you know, the anchor to so many of these songs as the band's drummer. Fantastic, fantastic. And there are moments on this record, my favorite moments on this record, in fact, where you get a real sense of the syn- synergy and synchrony that this band are in creatively. Caffeine is one of them. Uh, smaller yep. and smaller is another one small victory mm-hmm. as well these moments yep. where the band are kind of just really sort of like jamming and giving you the sense of not only like how well they work together but also how complex they can be in their arrangements without sort of going full prog or like losing the sort of pop sensibility that the album has um, I think it's reasonably well structured to kind of take you through these kind of peaks and valleys of of the avant-garde influences next to you know songs like everything's ruined that are you know as accessible as the album gets um yeah i mean what are what are some of your guys like sort of standouts on this record whether it's in terms of quality or just in terms of like memorability before we get to that just because it sort of goes well with your point it it seems weird to say 
just because I'm generally a huge fan of the guy and considering our podcast history with him. But I think Mike Patton is kind of my least favorite part of this album. And it like Glad I didn't have to do that. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> because the, the moments where it sort of really feels like he's taking the reins here, the aforementioned RV. Kindergarten is one as well. Where yeah, that'd be one. Yeah, kindergarten, uh, be aggressive. The ones where he's really bungling all over faith no more shit here. Crack Hitler as well, which is a song. Like, Crack Hitler and RV are, like, I think they're examples of songs on this record that maybe have aged the most poorly, where it feels like the kind of, like, I think he's trying to go for, like, a sort of satirical thing where it's, like, a commentary on, like, white trash culture and like the sort of aspect of america that you know is is you know for in mike Patton's perception like you know uh not particularly cultured not even just about that Definitely but like the case with rv yeah he's on welfare or something i don't yeah. know yeah like people on welfare beating their kids and <laughs> shit and it's like i get what you're trying to do i get the kind of thing you're trying to do but it's, it's very shallow in the sense that <laughs> voice just cracks me the fuck up the, the moment he opens his mouth on rv it i it's so funny morgan that you say that is because i agree with you for entirely opposite reasons is that my favorite moments on this album are when it becomes truly zany and out there and weird because when it's a little bit more normal and a little bit more like of at peace with music that's comparable to it is that I find Mike's presence kind of diminished and like his his success as a front man feels like it's not like the potential he has isn't quite being fulfilled there which is probably more of me listening to Mr. Bungle first especially California but I find that an interesting dichotomy between the two of us nonetheless yeah yeah I like I, I definitely see what you mean because I honestly like crack Hitler pretty well um <laughs> just because I think the what a sentence I'm gonna take uh, that out of context <laughs> as soon as I'm editing this I think the synergy between Patton's Patton and the rest of faith no more as a band works better together than it does on something like rv which is not 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 a bad song it is as riley said a song on faith no more's angel dust um <laughs> and i wouldn't like it, I, I think it is a weakness of the record, and yet this will tell you enough. It's the weakness of the record, and yet I wouldn't take it off. Yeah, I agree. That, like, yeah, that's such a weird place to be with an album like this. I feel like I'm actually coming across far more negative than I actually am because genuinely, like, I think every song on here is bare minimum good and yeah. maximum like really good like this is a very consistent album i think my only real issue with it other than my aforementioned tiny little gripes and whatnot is really that i just think it's a tad bit too long maybe just a tiny bit yeah i'm actually kind of surprised riley i thought you liked this album like a lot more than you well did. here we go i was gonna get to this <laughs> i was gonna get to this i yeah you I recommend was... this album like i've heard you recommend this album to people like 15 times in the last two years yeah, no, and I do like the album quite a lot. Let me be clear. Um, I, I would probably, I, I would maybe guess that I like it the most of the three of us, but I'm not even sure. I think we all have it about rated the same. But I have kind of gone off it a little bit compared to my the way how much I used to like it. I used to like this album a lot more than I do now. And I was kind of gutted 
to discover this week or well, last week actually because we were originally going to do this a week ago when I first revisited this how it didn't quite hold up as well as it did in my memory because that well, I was really looking forward to like talking about how this is a minor masterpiece and it's just not unfortunately I don't love it that much anymore and I'm not sure what has changed maybe I think it the most likely answer is just how much I've grown to love Mr. Bungle and particularly California, which is still yeah. one of my favorite albums ever. And again, I don't like making hedging too much on those comparisons because they are kind of unfair. I do really like this album. I borderline love it. Um, but it is like, to me, I think the the more I try to like deepen my relationship with it, the more certain aspects of it that tire me become more present. And again, it's that weird thing of like, with a Mike Patton project, you still wouldn't want to change anything. I'd maybe drop Be Aggressive because I just find it irritating. But even then, the fact that it's a song written by Roddy Bottom specifically so that Mike Patton would have to sing extensively about swallowing cum is like, <laughs> that. that's really funny. Like the, the song exists purely for that reason. Uh, and Mike Patton obviously is good humored enough to go along with that and really lean into it too. I mean, one of the things that I do even though it's my least favorite track and I dislike certain aspects of it. One of the things I like about it is like how the innuendo is, is obvious from the start, but it just gets more and more sort of like uh, tasteless and just like in your face as the song goes on until the, the end of the song, you're just going like, you're the master. I take it on my knees, ejaculation, tribulation. I swallow. Like it just gets so fucking over the top. And it's like, that's the spirit of, of Patton, the spirit of this band. Like, again, because Roddy Bottom wrote the song. <laughs> and, and then, like, a song like Jizz Lover as well, which is another sort of, like, late album highlight, where it's like, um, <laughs> it's like, this song could equally be, like, what I love is on Wikipedia, there's, like, two different interpretations of the song from various members of the band. Patton, who says <laughs> it's a song about his fear of imprisonment, and, like, you know... <laughs> And then Billy Gould, who says that it's a song about like being a porn star. Like it's, it's, there's these two completely different interpretations that different members of the band have. And the song, I think when I went to the song and listened to it and paid attention to the lyrics with those two interpretations, I could actually, I got both of them, even though Patton's is definitely like, you have to, you know, look at a very oblique angle as you do with a lot of his lyrics. Um, but yeah, still, it's a really fun song and it's a, it's a jam and uh, it has those elements to it. The more conventional moments on this record too, I am drawn to, like I said, Small Victory is one of my favorites on the record. Uh, Everything's Ruined, which is a song that I've definitely had in my child, had in my life ever since I was a child. I've loved it ever since I was a kid uh, and I still love it. It's it's still like one of my favorite alt, alt metal songs of like the early nineties. Um, it's not terribly complicated. Maybe I can see Jake where you come from with like, you know, when you have, really zany shit it can be it can make some of the more normal stuff look less appealing by comparison but i i just think the song is a an eternal jam and i feel the same way about like uh, midlife crisis as well so yeah and i like the way that the album does veer from moments like that to that like i think uh, having uh smaller and smaller and everything is ruined back to back is like my favorite one-two punch on this album because they're very different songs but they show you different aspects of what Faith and Amore do really, really well, I think. And um, Smaller and Smaller is a fucking rager. Yeah, I fucking love that track. That's, I think, the, my favorite song on the record instrumentally. Gr just really dope shit. Yeah, I think for all the sort of scattershot-ness of this album, 
uh, the moments where it really comes together like smaller and smaller in midlife crisis are like oh this is why this album has the status that it has and even if it doesn't always come together like that it deserves to have that status because it's pretty supreme shit when it all comes together I know you mentioned this is like a song that maybe you don't like as much, but instrumentally speaking, my favorite song on here is actually Kindergarten. I think the guitar work on this is just like utterly hypnotic. I just love listening to it. It's it's like, and you kind of have for as much as I said that I really have kind of a mixed opinion on Mike Patton on this album in that his fundamental strengths and like his vo voice and vocal range and his vocal diversity is really fantastic. Like on this, he's kind of taking on a James Hetfield like affectation sort of like, and he kind of does that throughout the album. He really switches it up a whole lot of the times in ways that aren't as outlandishly cartoonish um, as they are on Mr. Bungle, but enough to make you feel like you're really getting a full kind of holistic alt metal experience and that I'm definitely cool with this is like the parallel universe version of an enjoyable version of like a red hot chili peppers album where like all of the instrumental qualities are like good but they're also like measured in a way that makes them feel a little bit less masturbatory mm -hmm. like this just feels like a more concise version of like the funk metal sound I don't quite think I'm as impressed by the guitar work as I am by uh, uh I am on something like Blood Sugar Sex Magic ironically an album I like far far less than this but I, again this it's weird to talk about this album because for every positive I have like a tiny itty bitty little negative which again it's weird I think it's I think you're right to bring up Red Hot Chili Peppers, or like at least it's fitting because you know if we're going to talk about the biggest sort of names in funk metal at this juncture, I mean Faith No More and Red Hot Chili Peppers are like these polar opposites in a lot of ways, but they also like share a lot of DNA too. Fronted and they are by insane men, and they're both incredibly popular. Like they must be the two most popular yes. funk metal bands at the time. Would would you can this is I don't know. Would you consider Rage Against the Machine funk metal in it? Or is that like yeah, too much of a stretch? It's, it's it's definitely an influence, but okay, because that's to me like uh, this is I a mean, I feel like it's way more rap metal than it is funk metal. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but like you would, it, you would describe it as that before. The sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like yeah. they're all three of these bands incredibly incredibly popular at this exact time, and you know, this is kind of like this sort of more, I guess you can really call Rage Against the Machine irreverent, but this kind of like, I would say more tasteless, uh, indulgent sort of metal that's also kind of like a repost to the tasteless, indulgent metal of the 80s. Uh, like this is a moment for that sort of stuff. And I mean, in a lot of ways, interestingly, like the grunge movement kind of represents uh, a response to even this, but it's also irreverent, irreverent in its own ways and like yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you have this weird scene where like, it feels like, and this is maybe like too grandiose of a word to use to describe this, but it feels like we're, this is an album worth talking about because like a lot of metal music in, at this particular juncture or just like loud, aggressive rock music felt dangerous. Like especially yeah. like so much of what was happening and what was popular was so like unusual and you know, bizarre. And I mean, this is the only point in history where an album like Angel Dust could be the success that it is, uh, even if it's not, it wasn't as commercially successful as Real Thing. Um, you know, it's the only point of which, you know, a band, an album like this could get made, an album like this could make sense culturally, and an album like this could 
you know, exist as its own bold statement that isn't sort of swallowed up by the scene or whatever. Like, there's just an extra quality to funk metal in general that will either, you'll either kind of be able to dig into that and get on board with it in certain instances, or you'll be thrown off entirely. Like, I know of people who consider this album one of the greatest of all time, and I know of people who can't stand it. And while to me, I, I guess I can definitely understand the former position more so than the later position. I could see why this would be someone's like favorite album. Like I can see yeah, how you would get to that point. I, I, I also can't understand as I can't understand as much being like completely in opposition to it because it, it, it's about as welcoming, weirdly enough, as this style of music gets. Um, it's about as funny and it's about as like reaching a hand out to you and pulling you along for a roller coaster ride as as this kind of music gets yeah and i think that that is what makes faith in more eternal like red hot chili peppers are way too divisive because they're too like one note they're like too just like well, i'm trying to think how you would describe them in a way that's not inherently negative because they don't like the peppers but um you know they're just like a novelty band whereas this band were able to rise above that they were able to like turn their novelty aspects into like actually interesting and like funny and and meaningful aspects of of their appeal and then just you know kick enough ass to rise above any kind of simplifications as well so you know i'm rambling now but you get what i'm saying i very I much looking a forward between the two of them it's the red hot chili peppers are a fundamentally frivolous band and the uh faith no more is a fundamentally tasteless band it's just that they do different things with the frivolousness and tastelessness and i think that that's there's a side to the like musically mr bungle and a lot of other projects from this like you know this is kind of the template right and that's why it's there's a bit of a problem with it maybe with us who like the more extreme variants that uh, pop up from it later but simultaneously yeah it is kind of an entry point for this world of music because I mean in sharp contrast to the Chili Peppers or anything it's like all of the songs on here while they're they are perfectly subversive in their own way is that they're always like you know you do have songs on here that are just kind of like you know like jizz or whatever where it's just like fundamentally like it's just kind of dumb, but it's, it's, the, there's a vulgarity to it. There's something that, you know, culture as a whole, like this is a definitive countercultural nineties product to me. And that it is just, it, it is aiming to go against the grain first and foremost. And I feel like the funk metal sound is a good way to go about that, especially in the early nineties. Cause we talked about that with blood sugar, sex magic. There weren't a lot of like American bands that really sounded like the peppers that far back. Uh, it was something that was relatively new and weirder. And that's why people were fascinated with it. And with here, I kind of feel like the it's, it's edgy enough to catch people's attention, but like Mr. Bungle is edgy and provocative in a way that like kind of upsets you. It's like meant to kind of reach in and just like make you actually think about things. You think about a song like Girls of Porn, which is like, you know, again, fundamentally ridiculous fucking song. And then you listen to it and you really think about it and you're just like, I get the point this is making though. And that's kind of terrifying and you look at how it's set up within the sequence of the album and there's there's so much about the construction of that whereas this again it feels like it has less intent 
but it's in the same spirit. So I feel like people can kind of gel with it a little bit more. It's why Faith No More is like, I remember like watching a YouTube video the other day when someone was just naming off random 90s metal bands. And like, you know, it was a bunch of mainstream metal bands like fucking, you know, Metallica and shit. And then they said Faith No More at the end. And I'm like, Faith No More is so much fucking weirder than every band you just named. How are they able to manage to, to get into that little window of success and, I think that's probably just the magic of Mike Patton. There is a certain amount of accessibility and a certain amount of instrumental prowess that he just possessed that was able to sort of, you know, walk a tight tightrope tight and manage to get some level of actual like acclaim and some level of popularity, which is again still kind of astonishing. And charisma, I think, is the is the yes. most, is the biggest thing yes. as well. Like this man could have been a cult leader if he wanted to. <laughs> like I'm not entirely convinced he isn't. Yeah. <laughs> My three favorite songs in this record are um, Midlife Crisis, Everything's Ruined, and A Small Victory. Uh, least favorite is Be Aggressive. And I'm going to give the album a seven. My three favorites are Midlife Crisis, Smaller and Smaller, and Land of Sunshine. Least favorite is RV, and I will give the record a seven and a half out of ten. All right, uh, three favorite tracks. I'm going to go with a song that I didn't actually get to shout out, but I, I really love the guitar work on stuff like Malpractice. Uh, that's, again, one of the more poignant songs on the album to me uh, and backed up by Kindergarten, which I just really enjoy that one. And I'll say Caffeine is my favorite of that sort of opening uh, rush of tracks. Um, and my least favorite is probably Crack Hitler, actually. I, I just sort of get the least out of that. And I, I'd give it a, like, a wavering between a 6.5 and a 7, but I'll, I'll give it a 7. It's, it's a very good, consistent, enjoyable album. It's just difficult to view it for what it is instead of uh, what it isn't sometimes, you know? And it's, that's fair enough, and it's good to just be forthright about that, too. Which gives us an average rating of 7.2 for Faith No More's Angel Dust. Let us know at home what Angel Dust means to you. Is it your favorite Faith No More record? Uh, do you prefer other Faith No More records? Have you not even heard it? Have you, are you new to this whole world of music? Let us know what you think of this record in the comments below. If you're on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, head on over and let us know what you think. Uh, if you enjoy this video please consider giving it a like if you're on youtube or giving it a five-star rating review if you're on spotify or apple as well either way those things help us a huge amount uh, if you want to support us above and beyond though you can hit the join button and for just one dollar a month on our youtube channel you can become a supporter of the channel and get yourself entitled to certain perks such as having your name featured in the title crawl of every video on this channel having priority comment response, and if you want to recommend us something to listen to, your recommendation will go to the top of the pile. As always, though, folks, rock over London, rock on Chicago, Adidas. Impossible is nothing.